It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with, with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yard touchdown. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The good time it's a sports rush on a thursday afternoon Derek decker with adam lundy i'm in for brett rump today and we are having a good time we talked about a lot of college basketball in that first segment i promise i'll start moving on soon but it's still going to be on the court got a text on our parkview sports medicine text line 46862 now again i i did mention even if it was brief that i am a baseball guy and most of my background is in baseball so, yes, spring training games do start next week. And uh, just a little tease, I am back in next Friday. So I guarantee we'll talk some more baseball then. But for today, we're still in the thick of basketball season, and there's a lot to get to, especially here locally. And speaking of local, we were talking about Chris Holtman during the break, and Adam uh, was was doing a little research. We also got a text in, too, reminding us that uh, he was an assistant wide receivers coach for one year at Snyder here in Fort Wayne. Of course, he does have the Fort Wayne ties, a Taylor star at the college basketball level, and then uh, coached there too some, and then moved his way up through the ranks, eventually landing at Butler and then Ohio State. Of course, he was a star at Butler. That's what landed him the job in the Big Ten. But Adam, he's got a, a long connection and a strong one to the Summit City. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, so right after he finished at uh, Taylor University, he moved to Fort Wayne for a brief period. He worked for Campus Life Youth Ministry uh, as the program's director at Snyder. And then for the 96 season, he was named uh, the assistant wide receivers coach for the 96 season by uh, legendary Snyder coach Russ Isaacs. Yeah. And then he was also uh, the assistant uh, basketball coach during that season as well, uh, 96-97 for the Snyder Panthers. So definitely a cool local connection there for Chris Holtman. Yeah, and I uh, I had gone back and kind of racked the memory, and, and I knew he was connected to Taylor. I knew he had such a great career playing in college. I've had several buddies go to Taylor over the years, go to college there, and he's actually um, you know helped out and been a guest at lots of classes uh, during the pandemic. And I only know that because I was uh, you know that's, that's the time we were like sharing laptops and sharing Wi-Fi and stuff. And you're yeah. like walking by and you happen to look down and you see hey that's chris holtman on the zoom right now <laughs> so like that's kind of awesome but yeah I, I did not know the the other background here in fort wayne so that's really cool yeah fun fact snyder went at 10 and 2 that season with uh holtman at the assistant wide receiver helm uh did you take credit for that <laughs> he said his biggest contribution that season was letting russ isaacs use his headset when russ is broke <laughs> <laughs> nice. yes that is awesome that is oh, absolutely geez. awesome yeah their two losses came uh in a 21 20 loss to bishop dwanger in the regular season and Tough. then they lost 20 to 17 to carmel in the regional title game so mm. good season though for the Panthers. great year yeah heck yeah again that just kind of shows you the the snyder dominance uh -huh. over the last 25 30 years yeah they have just been awesome 
Um, but yeah, really cool connection there. We were talking about Chris Holtman the last hour and kind of a sad day for him. Unfortunately, it, it happens. It's college basketball and there is always a price to pay when you're not winning. And this was the culmination of that. He had a great run at Ohio State and I, I really hope that he has a good run somewhere else and I'm very confident that he will. Again, there's plenty of talent and he's kind of still a young guy. So he's got lots left in the tank, I think, too, at the uh, college coaching level. All right. Hey, one thing to hit up real quick is what happened last night down in Huntington in a local game. We don't, I, well, okay, I shouldn't say we, but every now and then, you know, hop on and, and talk some Crossroads League hoops. First of all, if you've never been to a Crossroads League game, chances are, if you're listening to the program, lots of you probably have. Text me if you have, 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, and check in with your stories. You know, what have you seen at Crossroads games that you've been to throughout the years? Obviously, you've got St. Francis here in town. You've got Grace. You've got Huntington. You've got Taylor. You've got uh, I will, we've got all these teams locally that are uh, more than within driving distance that you can go make it to a game. Um, and Bethel, Goshen, even on the fringe of that. And it is really high-level basketball. Especially these days, there's lots of D1 transfers that end up in the Crossroads League. Uh, typically, these are guys that are local, too. You know, It's a little different than like the JUCO level or even like the D2 level where a lot of those guys are coming in, you know, they they are trying to make it to D1. A lot of these guys, some do, are you know, some are trying to transfer up and they're in NAIA for one reason or, an, or another. But typically, they are very happy with where they're at. It's, it's definitely a, a good brand of basketball. And Grace, who has been the number one team in the country basically all year, 24-0 coming into last night, went down to Huntington and lost by 20, which is shocking. They gave up 51 points in the first half. They lose 99-79. to And... Uh, not often, I, I don't like to call myself like a box score warrior, but this one shows up pretty easily. The three-point line difference last night. Huntington goes 14 of 23, and Grace goes 1 for 19. And in <laughs> in basketball, you're not going to win very many games when you don't make very many shots. And I know that's uh, groundbreaking, <laughs> but uh, that's what happened last night. And by the way, Zach Goodline, yeah. who we were talking about, Oakland. Okay, Oakland played the Dons last night. Goodline came from Oakland. He is a transfer, and he scored 39 points last night for the, Forger, uh, for the Foresters. So just awesome stuff. And uh, again, if you can make it to a... Uh, local game in the NAIA, please do, because Crossroads League is awesome level of hoops. Just got to say that, because I, I have really enjoyed my time over the years going to games, and most guys in that league can shoot it, trust me. They play a fast pace, it's fun basketball, um, and it's a lot of local guys. It's lots of guys that are either from the Fort Wayne area or just outside it. Uh, Indiana, Michigan, lots of the talent is right here in the Midwest, and you might even see a couple familiar names from rival high schools that uh, end up on the floor playing for or against your favorite team at the crossroads level. Um, and coming up later in the show, too, I want to preview this, too, because I want to talk about the three-point shooting contest coming up this weekend. And Sabrina, Ian, Ian, uh, <laughs> Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry. And how does that go? And who's going to win? And what does it mean if Steph wins? What does it mean if Sabrina wins? Does that change things going forward? What are the implications in the NBA and the WNBA? going to talk about that coming up a little bit later in the show. But right now, we're going to take our first break of the second hour. We're going to dial up on the phone, and we're going to get head coach of Norwell basketball on the girls' side, Eric Thornton. He's going to talk about his matchup with Hamilton Heights, number one against number two. The Huskies ranked number one in the last poll in the regular season. Norwell ranked number two. 
And the metrics favor Norwell just slightly in this game, but it's taken place just down the road from our studio here in Huntington at uh, North Arena on Bob Strait Court, 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Pre-game show will start at 9.45 right here on 1380 The Fan. Our friend Caleb Hatch will have the call from Huntington North. I'll be on site as well. And we're going to have a full preview of that game and potentially Norwell's tournament run. We'll recap things, how they got here, and what Coach Thornton's looking for for his team to get a big win in advance to the Final Four coming up on Saturday night. That's just ahead on the other side of the break. You're listening to 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. You're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Listen live at 1380thefan.com. I genuinely don't often call people liars, and Jim does great voiceovers, but I'm not Brett. I'm Derek, I promise. My name's Derek, and I am in for Brett Rump today. He's uh, hanging out at the Fetties along with most of the other employees here. It's a ghost town around the studio, but uh, me and Adam are in here, and we're holding down the fort, and we're now going to shift. We've been talking about high school hoops. We just wrapped up a segment on Chris Holtman, and now we're talking about uh, the high school hoop scene, and it's about Norwell head coach Eric Thornton on the girls side a huge matchup in 3a we'll have it on our air at 10 a.m on saturday pregame at 9 45 from north arena in huntington 3a semi-state and it's norwell and hamiltonites the top two ranked teams in class 3a eric thornton joins the program coach how are you i'm good derek you very good and uh thanks a lot for hopping on um oh, i'll get right to it and for folks who may not be familiar talk about the tournament run that you've had so far it's been genuinely pretty dominant you've only trailed for a couple of minutes and that was in the regional game did not trail for a single second in the sectional obviously an awesome regular season too but the tournament run up to this point you know does it compare to any other in the last several years with the uh, the last trip to semi-state coming back in 21 you know, it really doesn't. Uh, we're, we're fortunate to get the buy again, uh, driving over to the McConaughey sectional and, and, uh, played really well in the opening round and got to the championship game and had a great start against Belmont. And then just an exciting, uh, week for us last week to be able to get to the regional. Um, you know, driving over to Caston was a real, um, you know, just, just a great experience for our kids. Um, small, tight knit, um, uh, community over there that really likes basketball but as far as the gym is concerned um you know it's just an advantage uh we felt like for us uh, to play in front of a a tight um you know a packed gym that was really loud um, it was a great atmosphere and our kids played uh played really well so excited to still be playing at this point of the tournament coach in that game too right at the end the final 10 seconds Kennedy Filling breaks the school's all-time scoring record. Describe what that moment was like for her and for her teammates and for you watching that all unfold. You know, um, Kennedy's been on track this season uh, for, for uh, you know, potentially breaking the record. And, and, and I think the biggest thing was our team had to be able to make a run. Uh, we had to be able to get to this level of the tournament. Um, back uh, back earlier in the season, I thought we might have to get to the championship of the semi-state game for her to do it. Um, you know, those, those two things go hand in hand, the record, team success, you know, making a run. And, um, you know, we, we, we knew she was close. She had, she needed, uh, she needed 14 to break the record. Um, and, uh, you know, it's there, it's there in your mind. It's, it's, uh, um, it's just, um, it's something that you can't help but think about. And, you know, Kennedy just kept playing in that game, got hot in the fourth quarter, um, I didn't realize she was, uh, she was right there with, uh, needing one basket to go until our assistants told us in the last timeout. 
And so we called a set for her. Uh, she passed up the three, um, knew exactly what she was doing. She, she took, uh, she took her girl into the, uh, into the lane, uh, made a great move for a turnaround jumper and, and, and got a roll. And, um, oh, it was an exciting finish, uh, not only to win the, the regional game, but also for her to get the record, um, and, uh, be able to celebrate, um, two special things, um, in the same day. Talking with Norwell head coach Eric Thornton as his team gets ready to play Hamilton Heights on Saturday. And, and coach, let's talk about this Lady Huskies team. Obviously a 24-2 and season for them so far. They are back-to-back regional champions. It's the team that ended your season last year in the regional round. Um, and we chatted a, a little bit about it last week, but does that provide any extra motivation going into Saturday's game, knowing that you're playing a lot of the same personnel, including Cameron Runner, um, with the, the hard loss last year? Does that give any extra juice in this morning game on Saturday? Yeah, I, I think for sure it does. You know, it's it's something that we, uh, you know, you, you experience the pain of, of a loss like that. You lose by four, you don't play very well. Um Hamilton Heights was very deserving of the win. Uh, they returned four starters. Um, and, and, you know, they deserve to be at this point in the tournament again this year. Um, they, were, they were the tougher team. I, th- I think we remember not just the pain of the loss, but understanding that sometimes you have to go through that. Um, it's, sometimes it's the only path uh, for your team the following year. Uh, you know, for us, unique situation, not losing anybody off of last year's team. Being able to get to that uh, that regional game and understanding that um, we didn't we, we didn't do what we needed to do, um, so you know we we became tougher. And the the best way to become tougher was to put our kids through the gamut on our schedule. And, you know, so when when you look at last year, I think it has a lot to do with motivation for this year. Um, but but overall, you know, the goal is to win a state championship, and and uh, that that precedes everything else. But but it's certainly there, Derek. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at this matchup, uh, this is a group that plays an interesting style. Obviously, they've got one of the best scorers in the state in Cameron Runner, who averages 27 points a game, committed to Evansville next year. And then Ella Hickok, their point guard coming off a game where she scored 28 in the regional win over uh, Fort Wayne team in Woodland last weekend. Um, you know, how do you see this matchup playing out? What, what are going to be the important things to try to get the win and advance to the championship game on Saturday night? Yeah, uh, th- there's an intensity, there's an emotion to this game, um, for sure. Um, you know, Cameron is, uh, in the, in the, in the running. She's in the talk for Miss Basketball. Um, there's a, there's several good candidates and she's certainly among the best players in the state. And as you mentioned, you know, Hickok is a great, um, compliment to her. Uh, they play well together. Uh, they, they certainly feed off of each other and that's a great backcourt. Um, you know, it's, it's different styles. Um, it's, uh, it's a different way to play. Um, but you know we can't uh, we can't afford uh, to uh, to not be the tougher team. I think that's the biggest thing. Starting with us is, you know, what did we learn from last year and how have we grown? Uh, I'll watch uh, watch last year's film against them. Uh, I just wanted to see. There's not been a lot of changes how each team plays, but there's certainly been a lot of growth on their end. Um, but I see a, a lot of growth on our end. We're not we're not the same team. So. You know, to, to learn how to be the tougher team is, is what we've tried to do. Um, so that's a big piece of Saturday. The, the other thing is, you know, we have to crash the boards. Um, they, they do not have a traditional post player. And, um, and our, our, our post player, Dakota Hubble, has played really well. Vanessa Rossworm's a great rebounder for us. 
I think the ability to go get the ball and crash the boards on both ends of the floor um, provides a lot of uh, extra possessions or limits their possessions as well. So, you know, being able to win that possession battle, there's some things that we could do to try to to try to get an advantage there, um, and and that's something that we have to have the the energy to be able to do throughout the game. And you mentioned as a, a bigger picture for your team this year, some of that growth. A lot of that has to come back to Dakota Hubble and Vanessa Rossworm's progress over the last offseason and throughout the course of this campaign. And those two were really important in that regional win on Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. You know, when, when you can get, um, you know, double figures from, from those two players, you know, typically most people think of us as a Kennedy filling McKenzie Feast team, and rightfully so. Those are two special players who who have each uh, surpassed 1,000 points, Kennedy just breaking the all-time scoring leader and McKenzie going over 1,000 earlier this season. Um, but, but that would be a mistake to think that, that it's about just those two. You know, Annabelle Johnson's a great point guard for us that doesn't typically score a lot, that, that uh, is the real key to our team. Um, but, but Vanessa and, and Dakota being able to get rebounds and, and put points on the board really puts a lot of pressure on the opponent and um you know we need those two to continue to play the way they have been yeah and i i just want to ask you and, and i promise i'll let you go here soon uh but i i do want to ask you the the state of the program here obviously your teams have had some some great years you have had even some great tournament success too but we're starting to reach more uncharted waters now again this partly is because of the change in tournament format even from the last time you were in the semi-state when it was one game but how does things, you know, how have you seen things change with this program and how do you try and handle a part of the tournament where your team, and in this group in particular, really hasn't been as a unit? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is different. Uh, it's a different feel and, you know, this is, uh, this is a different level of preparation. You know, now we're here with, uh, um, you know, preparing for three potential teams that will play and, um, that's a lot. I think that's one reason why they made the regional a one game after coming off of a multiple game preparation, you know, sectional. So you mm-hmm. wouldn't have that two weeks in a row. I think that's part of it. It's not the only reason. Um, but it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to prepare for what we feel is the best potential opponent we could play at the semi-state level. I think it's an advantage to play Hamilton Heights in the in the early game. Um, you know, we've watched film on the other two teams and haven't talked about them, you know, in, in practice with our girls that we certainly have to be able to get past the first game. And, um, but there's, there's, uh, you know, all of those things that you watch on film, you think back, that's why we prepared for those things throughout the season. And, you know, at this point, I think every team could say, Hey, we've, we've seen every, every type of defense, every type of style. And, um, you know, I think we, we, we would, uh, we would acknowledge that as well. So, you know, it's. Uh, I, I feel like this is the the best path. It's the perfect path for our team to try to win a semi-state and achieve our ultimate goal, which, like I said earlier, is um, not just to get to the state finals, but to win state finals. This team has the ability to do that. They certainly have. Uh, they have what it takes. Well, coach, very much. We appreciate you hopping on today. Uh, very much. Look forward to to being along for the ride on Saturday morning and can't wait to get the ball rolling. Should be a terrific game between the teams that are ranked number one and number two in the state. Norwell and Hamilton Heights, 10 a.m. Saturday morning, right here on our air on 1380 The Fan and 100, well, 100.9 FM. That's Norwell head coach Eric Thornton. Coach, thanks a lot for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Derek. You bet. And, uh, of course, that's Coach Thornton, who has 450 career wins. He is seventh in the state among active coaches, he's won 17th all-time 
uh, 17th most games all time in uh, the state of Indiana among active and retired coaches. And just always a pleasure to talk to. And um, I, I have had the very good fortune of being around Coach Thornton for many years now and tracking some of these teams through the tournament. And it definitely has a different feeling with this one in particular. They are primed and ready for a strong tournament run. They are ready to go for Saturday morning at 10 a.m. down at Huntington North, the 3A semi-state. And again, Caleb Hatch will have the call right here on the fan. Hey, make sure you sign up for the free fan club email list. You can sign up at 1380thefan.com by clicking on the on-demand tab, or you can text the word fan to 46862. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter or X at 1380thefan. My Twitter is at DerekDecker57, and you can uh, hop on and interact with us there, too. And again, 46862 is our uh, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. And speaking of PSM, Eric Dukevich is coming up on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Sports Rush, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Thursday edition of the Sports Rush. Derek Decker in for Brett Rump today, and it's the second hour. We just got off the phone with Norwell head coach Eric Thornton. We were talking about some high school hoops, and we're going to talk more high school hoops with Eric Dukevich from Parkview Sports Medicine. Dude, how are you? Good afternoon, Derek. Good to be with you. First time I think uh, we've done this together, so uh, good, to, good to hear you and, uh, and, and talk a little hoops with you today. First time. Yeah, that's right. And and as we mentioned, we've got a very busy weekend for some local teams on the girls' side. But we'll start with the boys and this week's rankings. Who you got at number five? Yeah, we have our top five team of the week here. And remember, this is not a power poll. This is just who's had a great week, though. As we get near the end of the season, you'll you'll kind of find that it, it is kind of becoming a power poll in some regards, just the way that some of these he's playing. So number five of uh, this week, we'll find the Bishop Dwanger Saints. Now, that's why I preface this, because it's, it's, it's not a powerful. This team is 6-13, 1-7 in the SEC. It's not been a great year for this Dwanger team, and by no means it might. But I think that yesterday they get a big win over Leo. Matt Kostoff, head coach, 300th career win. Congratulations to him. I know you were just talking to uh, Eric Thornton. 450 wins for him. You have 300 for Matt Kostoff at Dwanger with the boys uh, taking over. Great for him. Uh, and, and, you know, that team, they snapped an eight-game losing streak. They get that big win on the road at Leo. Um, they get Northrop tomorrow night. They get Woodland on Saturday. So they could go on a little bit of a run here to close the regular season. They do have Belmont next week as well. Uh, but that always seems to kind of be the Dwanger M.O. is they kind of build, 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 and get hot tournament time. And so it'll be interesting to see this Dwanger team. But uh, number five this week, we find the Dwanger Saints for that big uh, victory over uh, Leo last night and, and the 300th win for Coach Kostoff. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. And and it's a really quality win on the road to Leo. That's a team that's got a lot of good athletes and a, a solid team. Uh, their record's a little bit deceiving for their talent. Who's number four this week? Number four, we find the Adams Central Flying Jets. You know, last week they were on the pole as just the Jets. They had kind of hit some, some uh, tough spot in there, but nevertheless, clinched the ACAC. This week, they're back flying high. They share uh, clinched it outright. Back-to-back ACAC titles for AC. Uh, five straight wins, six of their last seven. They've, they've beat some teams out of conference in the last couple of days. They've got some non-conference games to close out the regular season, including a big one with Northside on Saturday night. Isaac Schultz has been really solid for them all year. Uh, the MVP of the ACAC tournament just cracked a thousand points for his career. 
Uh, this is a really good ACAC team doing some things that we haven't seen uh, in a while, and they're in that tough section with Blackhawk Christian, Manchester, uh, and Bishop Lewer. So tournament time is going to be fun around here uh, because a lot of really good teams in that particular 2A sectional. But Adam Central, number four this week. Yeah, that is an absolutely loaded sectional with a number of different teams there. All those teams you just rattled off are very capable of making a deep run in the 2A tournament. Unfortunately, one of them can come out. All right, who's number three this week? Number three, the Wayne Generals. You know, for them, it's been more of a matter of just not playing as much as the way the schedule has kind of boiled out. They did get the win. Uh, last Friday over Southside to win the SAC title. They go back-to-back as SAC champions for the first time, repeating as SAC champions in school history. Uh, so big for them. They, you know, Coming off of last year with the trip to semi-state, they've just stayed consistent all year long. Nine straight wins. They're 14-1 and one in the last two months. Since December 15th, this team has gone 14-1. and one. Uh, They close out the regular season. Tomorrow at Concordia, so they—it's really interesting because they played a bunch of games there in the middle of January, and now they're going to have uh, you know all of next week off basically. Uh, and and if they draw by in Sunday's sectional draw, there's a chance that they go two weeks without playing a game. Now, don't put cart before the horse. A lot of rings we've seen, but you know this Wayne team is strong, 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 and 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 keeping that foot on the gas pedal will be huge for them. But we got them at number three this week, uh, which is hard because they've looked really good all year long to put them at number three. But there's some other teams that, that we've got to talk about as well. Yeah, and they've got a couple of guys on that squad that can really get hot. I called a game for them earlier this year. Made 16 threes in that game. So some serious long-distance ability on that team. And who is number two this week? Number two, the Belmont Braves. So first of all, i got to shout out to them. Their first conference championship since 2005 when they were in the Northeast Hoosier Conference. Uh, now they're in the NEA, which is kind of remnants of that league. 15-6, uh, and six, they finished 6-1 and one in the conference, seven straight wins. Uh, they share the conference title with Columbia City, so maybe you can see where this conversation is going. Columbia City did beat them earlier in the year, but congrats to them. They're a top-10 team in Class 3A. They have really built strength uh, towards the second half of the year. Uh, you know, seven straight wins for a 15-6 and six team that now finds itself in the top ten of 3A. You know they're getting the job done. Um, and they host Bluffton tomorrow. They're at Bishop Lures on Saturday. That's a big matchup of two top ten teams in different classes. Um, and really their three losses, Concordia, Bloomington South, and that Columbia City buzzer beater. Belmont is going to be sticking around in that class 3A in the sectionals, uh, and I think that should be an exciting one to watch. But this is a really good team that uh, they're not done yet in, in really what they've been able to accomplish this year. Yeah, no question. And for folks who don't know, first-year head coach Peyton Selking, former yep. player leading that program, who is just doing a terrific job. And now on to this week's number one. Number one, we find the Columbia City Eagles. You know, really, this is probably 1A and 1B with Columbia City and Belmont just with the story that has unfolded in the NEA conference. But Columbia City beat Belmont, and they don't do a tiebreaker in the NEA, so they share the conference title. But in my vote, they get the tiebreaker because they beat Belmont. And so Columbia City, we find it number one. First 
any eight titles since 2016. They got eight straight wins after a 7-6 and six start. Uh, Denning has looked great for them. Stratton Fuller, who we hear on the football field, has been great for them on the basketball side of things. They've got some really good players that play hard, that practice hard, that work hard, and, and the hard work is paying off for this Eagles team. Uh, you know, as, as they get ready to play Northridge tomorrow night and then Saturday, uh, Concordia next Friday to close out the regular season. So, you know, for them, you know, conference championships mean something, mean something to me, mean something to these teams. And, and it, this is great to see uh, these conference champions. We want to celebrate them and reward them. And, and that's where you find our top five teams of the week and Columbia City. Uh, coming in at number one this week. Yeah, and they've got a fascinating sectional makeup this year, too, with Wayne and Columbia City looking like the two teams there that uh, may end up duking it out if they find themselves on the opposite sides of the bracket. Hey, speaking of brackets, we are in tournament play, and we are deep in tournament play on the girls' side. We've got three local teams here at the Fort Wayne area that are making their way onto semi-state, and we start in Class 4A, and that's where Homestead, Takes on Lake Central. Obviously, big win for Homestead once again. Uh, knocking off Columbia City this year. They've made a very good habit of doing that the last half decade. And they get themselves back to the semi-state with a relatively young team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that's a top 10 team in Class 4A. A lot of sophomores. So, you know, you look at that roster just from looking at what classes there have been and think, okay, maybe this is another year away for this Homestead team. But that has not been the case. I mean, they have, you know, they they did lose to Snyder. They go to double overtime with Northrop in the regular season. Uh, they had a really good Christmas break team, uh, you know, run in there for Homestead that really I think gave them their confidence. We're seeing Maya Epps, the PSM Edge athlete, playing very well uh, for them and what she's been able to do. But that team is putting it all together at the right time and doing so without a lot of senior leadership. And so that's you know where they found themselves not only in the sectional draw and the tough game there, but also to, uh, you know, a, a decent matchup versus McCutcheon last week in the one-game regional, and here they are. Now they, I think it's Laporte that they head to for the semi-state. Um, but, you know, I think Homestead is great. And this, this semi-state, of course, obviously you get down to, to, to the, these final teams, the final four from the north, the final four and the eight, so eight teams in the south, eight teams left. Lake Central, their opponent, a very good team out of Northwest Indiana uh, that uh, is 24 and four. Their defense has done really good. Back to back regionals after three straight sectionals. So that's uh, the flip side for Lake Central in the sense that they have built up to this point. So you've got the young and up and coming team versus the team that has, you know, bided their time. And one year it's the sectional, and the next year it's the regional. And now we're here we're at semi state. And I think that'll be interesting, too, to see how those kind of match up, too. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I like Homestead um, and I like Lake Central, too. I mean, they, they, just on paper, they sound really good. Um, you know, I, I think Homestead can keep things running. It just, it, you know, that, that experience. But the later you get in the series is where, you know, how does that younger group respond? So that'll be the big question for Homestead. And then on the flip on the other side of that, Noblesville and Valpo. Uh, Noblesville takes care of Snyder with a three-point win to, to end Snyder's season. Uh, maybe the toughest game, you know, last Saturday. 
Um, I, I just think Noblesville keeps rolling. They, they beat all three of these teams earlier in the regular season that they're, that are, are placed in this semi-state with them. Uh, I think Noblesville comes out of it. Uh, but Valpo, you know, nine, nine of their last ten, they, you know, they found a little of a hot streak. They overcame a slow Christmas break and they're back at semi-state. I think ultimately, uh, Noblesville wins out. We could see Homestead versus Noblesville again. We could see Lake Central, Noblesville again. So a lot of intriguing matchups as you branch out and, and get some of these bigger teams uh, in there. All right, well, we move on down to the 3A Huntington North Semi-State. The first game, Norwell and Hamilton Heights, will be on our, uh, on our air at 10 a.m. Our pregame will start at 945. The top two teams left in Class 3A and number one and number two, for that matter, yeah. Hamilton Heights and Norwell in that morning game. And, and that should be such a, a fun game. And a lot of folks definitely do believe that these might be the best two teams left in 3A. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these two teams have kind of, you know, been the top two most of the year. You know, both play tough schedules. Both, you know, uh, Hamilton Heights, just north of Indianapolis, uh, and, and Norwell, not only the tough any eight, but, you know, some of those non-conference games on the weekends and going out, and that's a big component for all of these teams. So I think it should be an interesting matchup, you know, these two really good teams, uh, not only number one and two in 3A, but... 11 and 13 respectively in the one class coaches poll. So they're neck and neck, you know, 450 career wins for, for, uh, Eric Thornton and this team, you know, back to back sectionals for the last five years, 11 of the last 14, they get the regional championship for the first time since 2021. And now is the time where Norwell can never get over that hump. They can, their last semi state, their only semi state. 1977. So Norwell has found success for years and years and years. I mean, just look at Eric Thornton's time there. But can they get over that next hump of, of, of winning a semi-state? Now it's two games again, too. So there's that added component. Bremen and Northwood, two very good teams, uh, and for two different reasons. Bremen was a sub-500 team that was 5-6 and six in their conference. They win seven games to get to this point. They're 15-11 and 11 overall upset everybody they've played so far. I mean, there's no game that they were favorite. No game. Everybody else was a above 500 team. And it's tournament time. They knock them off. Stun, you know, and, and can they keep that rolling? Northwood, a very good team. I think uh, number three and three, if I remember correctly, 20 and six. They just beat everybody all year long, too, in a lot of ways. I think Nor- Northwood cruises last premium. So now you're looking at that matchup of is it, Hamilton, you know, basically the top three teams duking it out. I think Hamilton Heights probably maybe gets by Norwell, um, and then it's Hamilton Heights and Northwood, and I think Northwood wins that semi-state uh, and heads on to the state finals next week. All right, dude, real quick. The 2A, we'll just hit on this real quick, The down yeah. at Logansport. Um, you've got Bishop Lewers down there. Do they have a shot to win this thing? You know, I think so. I mean, it, it, the nice thing about Class 2A is the smaller schools that, that play, what do you play regular season. I mean, LaPel is middle of the state, Lewis Cass, middle of the state, and Drake. I think it probably comes down to those two teams playing in the semi-state, Lewis and Andrean. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where that leads. Uh, but, you know, Andrean's always a quality team as well. So, you know, can they keep things rolling at Lewis? I think that's the big question. Uh, 13 and 14 is Andrean. But, you know, the 
the opponents that they play, and now that they're in Class 2A in the tournament, helps them. Um, I think Lures can do it um, and and keep things rolling. Uh, it should be fun to see and, and get back to the state finals for the first time in about uh, 12 years, I believe. So I'll roll with Lures coming out of that sim- that Logan Sports semi-state. Eric Dukevich, Duke from Parkview Sports Medicine. Thanks a lot for joining us, and uh, love love your stuff. There's obviously lots going on over yep. there this week, and uh, looking forward to see what else is going on there. So thanks a lot for hopping on today. Yeah, take care, Derek. Good to be with you. Take care. All right, that was Dute from PSM. we got to take one more break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up the show on this Thursday edition of the Sports Rush, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Wrapping up this Thursday edition of the Sports Rush here. Derek Decker in for Brett Rump today with Adam Lundy. And that's too bad because I didn't get to brag too much about my betting success in the Super Bowl. Basically, long story short, I bet on a field goal heavy game. That's what we got. It was perfect. I had lots of props on field goals and uh, cashed out at Winter Circle, as a matter of fact, in New Haven, where Brett Rump will be this Sunday at uh, 2 o'clock. So you can catch him out there. Him and Adam will be out there on site at Winter Circle in New Haven. Hey, tonight, stick around. You've got the High School Coaches Show coming up straight ahead in just a few minutes. And then after that, Purdue takes on Minnesota. Pre-game 7.30, tip-off 8.30 from Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. Rob Blackman will have the call alongside Bob Riddell. And uh, can't wait to have that broadcast, too, here on The Fan. Plenty more this weekend between high school hoops and college basketball. It is a packed slate on The Fan. Go to 1380thefan.com to find out more. For my producer, Adam Lundy, I'm Derek Decker saying so long and God bless.